The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. As we go into our next feature now, let's talk cancer with Dr. Asante LeBlanc, Dr. Asante Vanuess Charles LeBlanc is the Cuban-born Guyanese mother of five, wife, doctor, clinical densimeterist, and medical herbalist. One of her passions is to help individuals on the road to optimum health. So in her practice, she integrates complementary traditional medicine and conventional Western medicine. She, after losing her grandmother to cancer, she decided to do something more for persons affected by this terrible disease. So she began working with the Trinidad and Tobago Cancer Society, where she's currently the chairwoman of this country's longest standing NGO. Good morning to you, doctor. How are you? Morning, morning. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. A little sad this morning, but, you know, what can we do? What can we do? Sorry, I didn't catch that last part. I hope everything is okay. Uh, the story this morning on our papers with the two babies. Uh, one uh, one-year-old was um, passed away in a house fire and a newborn was found dumped in a garbage bin this morning. So, oh, no. yeah. So it had me a little bummed out this morning. And and yeah. not to be too, you know, down any dumps, here we are to talk about cancer, <laughs> which is another version. But um, today I wanted to start it a little differently with the questions. Um, I wanted to find out, okay, so you have your suspicion, your body isn't uh, giving you signs that something is um that is something is off. What are the first things that you need to bring to your first oncology appointment if you decided, well, okay, I'm going to the doctor to find out what's happening? Right. So, I mean, as we speak, because I, I was, it's interesting because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes, right? it is. And I know people tend to think that we only think of breast cancer in October. You know, but but it's 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 more about bringing awareness specifically during the month, but also making sure people understand that breast cancer exists every month, every day of the year. Yes. Speak about cancers in general. You know, the Trinidad Bay Cancer Society advocates for screening for early detection. We advocate for um, improving our lifestyles because cancer is a lifestyle disease. So let's say, um, in the case of breast cancer, for example, because there are only certain cancers you can screen for, right? Mm-hmm. But any cancer, let's say we take your breast and you feel a lump, let's say, and you have felt that lump, it feels differently and rain is coming down, so I hope you can hear me. Um, yes. You feel different, it's 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 maybe hurting a bit, you're not seeing it change with your menstrual cycle if you're still menstruating. So your first stop should be your family physician mm-hmm. or your GP, right? Your GP should do a physical examination, work you up, know your family history, understand what you're feeling, understand the symptoms that you're experiencing, and then send you for the necessary workup. So each cancer has a particular workup. In the case of breast cancer, the the first or the gold standard screening test is the mammogram, Mm -hmm. right? If you are feeling a lump and you're having symptoms, more than likely the doctor may send for both the mammogram and the breast ultrasound because a lot of women the younger we are we have dense breast tissue and then also women of african descent tend to have dense breasts and fibroadenomas and stuff like that in their breasts 
therefore we recommend both the mammogram and ultrasound in these cases where you have dense breast tissue to be more thorough in terms of imaging. So let's say you've done that mammogram and ultrasound and they see another, they see the lump and they see the characteristics of the lump. That is when, after you've done screening, that is when we go into, do we have to then do further work of like a biopsy to figure out, to diagnose. So to diagnose, is it cancerous? Is it malignant, that is? Or is it benign? Because we do have benign or non-cancerous tumors of the breast. I say that to you because there's a process, you know? And it's always good to know, like when you ask me, what do you take to your oncological um, appointment? First of all, you should take it to your GP because your GP is who will refer you then to the oncologist or the surgeons, right? Right. And you take notes of your symptoms. You take notes of when you started feeling unwell. You take notes of how you're feeling. Does anything make it worse or better? Because all of that is valid and very important information for the doctor to then determine the way forward in terms of your work. And I guess it, it will determine how, um, if you move from just the mammogram or go straight to biopsy. You'll never go straight to biopsy because you need to image. Okay. So you need the ultrasound, in this case for breast cancer, to then determine where is this lesion, where is the lump, and then we go on to biopsy. And the biopsy is usually done via ultrasound guided biopsy, meaning you're using an ultrasound to guide the needle, to be able to guide the needle to the spot where you want to take the samples from. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on the type of mass, instead of an ultrasound guided bi needle biopsy, we may do what we call a true cut resection, which is where we actually go and do a lumpectomy or take out a piece of the, the tissue itself. You understand a bigger section? Yeah. But that in part, it depends on the patient, it depends on the circumstance, and it depends on what what is happening at that time with that patient. Okay, and I well, I, I don't want to. Should I say that the 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 more because you just talked about okay biopsy and then lumpectomy, which mm -hmm. seems to be more serious than uh, obviously the mammogram. And uh, could you say that the cancer would be a little more serious depending on what tests you you do? No, no, that's that's. It to be understood. Remember, screening is where I'm looking for a disease in a so-called normal population. Mm -hmm. When screening test becomes positive, that means the mammogram detected a lump or the uh, and the ultrasound detected a lump, along with the clinical breast examination, along with your self-breast examination, then we have to go on to the diagnostic route. That means we've seen a lump, we now have to go and test it, right? So mm -hmm. we've moved now, screening has brought something to our attention, we're now going to test it. So there's no need to panic as yet or ever, because as you test it, when you get that result now, that is what will determine, is this cancerous? Is it not cancerous? And that is when we make a decision on what's the next step. What's the next step? Yeah? So it's, it's about saying to you, don't be fearful of that diagnosis. Don't be fearful of a mammogram finding a lump. You understand? Mm -hmm. Don't be fearful of the process. And if you need help, we're here to support you at the Trinidad Tobago Cancer Society. But also understand that the steps and screening is what allows us to detect early. Screening is what allows us to, to catch something before it, it, it spreads too far, before it gets worse. And don't be fearful of the process. And when you get the biopsy results, if the biopsy, God forbid, says there is a cancer, and, and we know the type of cancer and histology is done and hormone staining is done, 
then we're now talking, we're now gone into the re the realm or the, the, the view and the field of diagnosis, diagnosis and workup, right? Mm -hmm. And then there, the oncologist will be involved. So the GP will now hand over to the oncologist and the oncology team along with the surgical team. And everybody has to communicate and everybody has to talk because the patient has to be reassured, informed and educated through each step of that process. But some of the... Um you gave me some answers to my next question. How do I prepare myself for the cancer diagnosis after I've gone through the screening? Um, can you give us some tips? I know that you said the Trinidad and Tobago Cancer Society is there, but probably for those who can't get there, what are some of the tips you have? Don't go alone to your appointment because a diagnosis of cancer can be, dare I say, like a map truck hitting you. Mm -hmm. you know? so it can be different. It can be very overwhelming at that time. So don't go alone because you may not hear everything, you know, mm -hmm. you may not understand the next steps. You may miss be, you may miss hear for, for want of a better word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're it's a OMG, look what happening now, you know? So this is where you go with somebody you can trust, somebody who can support you write down during your consultation, know and understand that the doctor is there, even post that consultation to answer your questions. Um, you have to feel comfortable. I would say don't over Google. Don't, don't Google at all if I were you because let the physician guide you on the next steps. You understand? Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think most importantly is to have that support, be it one person, to help walk you through that initial diagnosis being given to you, you know, and the next steps that have to happen. And with that support, I guess, um, counseling would be a major part of that as well. So once you get a diagnosis like that, well, we offer counseling um, to, to, to all members. The first session is free, but we do offer counseling to non-members as well at a very subsidized cost. Um, but counseling, it, it, you don't take counseling straight away because your doctor should be able to reassure you, answer most of your imminent questions, calm you down for want of a better word. And then you'll know when you need to talk to someone. It may not be that same day. It may be a few days after, but, but counseling is a good option because you'll go through why me, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. What is the cause? You know, there, there's a myriad of emotions that can happen. And if you ask any breast cancer survivor, um, the, the journey is never the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have spoken to so many and I can tell you that each story is different, but with similarities. Each story has um, amazing hurdles that have been crossed. Each story, it rings true and hurts your heart, but makes them stronger as people and persons. Um, and each story allows us as a medical community and fraternity to understand what, what, what next can be done and how can we make this a, an easier process you know mm -hmm. and is it possible to have cancer and not know it at all yes 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 so some i mean and it depends on where the cancer is and which organ is being affected because some organs are in such positions anatomical positions in your body that you may not get symptoms until too late and such cancers include the pancreas and the ovary yeah mm -hmm. um so, so that is why it's important to have your annual checkups, to listen to your body, to understand how you're feeling, because then you're able to 
you know, when you go for your annual checkup or a checkup with, or just a consult with your GP, you could say, look, I find that this is happening and it wasn't happening a couple of months ago. And this is, this is what I'm feeling. And this is how it's happening. You understand? So mm -hmm. you have the information that the doctor has to formulate to, to then do the workup. But you can have cancers and not have symptoms straight away, but eventually you will get symptoms. All right. Um, in your bio, we uh, we were told about your venture into Eastern and Western medicine. Can you give us a brief idea as to what are some of the uh, practices from the Eastern side of medicine that you've put into your practice and what would really help in um, cancer patients? So I think it's important that the Trinidad and Tobago Cancer Society advocates for the best possible treatment for patients. My private practice um, that I run is integrative medicine, and I really don't like to mix that with mm -hmm. the Cancer Society's work. But from a very holistic standpoint, I can say that it's important to understand that Eastern medicine does not say no to chemo or no to Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And there's no either or. So there are different practices that help to, to prepare the patient for treatment, to help them during treatment, and to help them post-treatment. And that includes from different ways to eat, to different herbs that you can incorporate that will not interact with the medication, um, acupuncture and cupping as well. Um, those are a few of the things that I would say are recommended and, and, and can be integrated into a holistic treatment regime along with chemo, radiation, surgery, for the cancer, for cancer patients. I just wanted to, to hear um, that it's it's not, to let people know that it's not really crazy stuff. Cause you know, there, there's this kind of um, thinking that anything else besides um, the very rigorous chemotherapy, radiation, fried cells kind of um, way to treating cancer is totally um, going against everything. So I just wanted to, to ease people's minds a little bit when you hear Eastern medicine. I mean, I, I think it it would include as well. Yeah, it's important for the public to understand that it, it doesn't have to be either or. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely, we do not advocate to say no to chemo and Western medicine and treatment strategies because it's gone. It's due to a lot of research that these strategies have come up and these treatment regimes have come up. Mm -hmm. But that said, we're dealing with patients and human beings, and therefore we do have to help with the side effects of these regimes. And also it's important to understand, like there are also myths about what you should eat and how you should eat, you know? And then we find that people starve their bodies so much of food that they, their bodies then can't withstand the effects of chemo. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. So it's about balance, like understanding how you eat for health, understanding what that means. And most importantly, our lives, our stress coping mechanisms, our sleep cycles, um, how we interact, our emotions, they, they also contribute a lot to our acceptance of therapy, our treatment, how we respond. Your mindset is very important. And all of that comes back to it, to any treatment for cancer being holistic and multidisciplinary. All right. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, we can talk about uh, what type of blood tests we should do when we are treating cancer. This is Let's Talk Cancer on Freedom 106.5 FM. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new talk radio, Freedom 106.5. Right now, we're going back into conversation with Dr. And Let's Talk Cancer. Yes, doctor, can you hear me? 
Yes, I can. Can uh, you? Yes, I could hear you. <laughs> All right. So just before the break, we were talking about what blood tests uh, we can do to, uh, well, within the diagnosis of cancer and I guess treatments. What what are the some of the tests? So it really varies according to the patient. So the team would decide what to test because they generally will check um, the blood count, for example, which is a CBC. They will generally check your liver function, your kidney function, your thyroid function. So it really depends on what treatment is being done and how the patient is feeling to know. But they also do, apart from blood tests, they will do imaging studies to follow up and see the response of the tumor, so to speak, or the cancer to the treatment regime set out. So it really depends on what cancer and on the individual patient. All right. And what are the red flags of a cancer? When you say red flags of a cancer, what do you mean? Well, I, I guess that would be another word for symptoms. I mean, <laughs> I know we've done that, but, you know, um, it's so important to keep on saying what the symptoms are, just in case we might be mistaking it for something else. So, I mean... Every as you know, every cancer has different symptoms, and that's why we we try to speak about one cancer every week, mm-hmm. especially because then that cancer gets the focus. Um, so it really varies um, depending on the cancer. And since it's October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, then breast cancer symptoms will include, for example, change in the texture of your skin of your breast, looking at your breast and seeing one a very different size to the other one, um, a lump that may be very hard, um, fixed, um, it may or may not hurt, bloody or purulent or pussy discharge from the nipple, one-sided especially, um, lumps under your arms of the same side of breast that you're not feeling prop, um, well in, a rash around the nipple that is very strange or has come up and is not going away, um, retraction of the nipple, so the nipple goes in when it was in, um, weight loss you can't explain, feeling tired, um, those are very, those are important signs and symptoms of breast cancer. And once we see anyone, anyone or two, three of those combinations, we need to get to our GP and have that conversation we're very afraid of having, right? Yes, but don't be afraid of having it. And I think this is where it's important to understand why we need to screen. Mm-hmm. And I can stress it enough that the minute you hit 40 it's important and especially if you have family history strong family history of breast cancer then it may be recommended at 35 but your gp has to have that discussion with you based on your family history but start your mammograms don't be afraid of the mammogram contrary to popular belief the mammogram will not give you cancer you know it's uncomfortable but it's not going to kill you it's not painful so have your mammograms done have you, do your monthly self breast examinations mm-hmm. five days after your period if you're menstruating do your self breast examinations have your clinical breast examination done every year by your doctor and then have your yearly mammogram and ultrasound if needed and that is your best protection along with living a healthy lifestyle against breast cancer in this case you know but don't be fearful i understand it's daunting and i understand it's overwhelming trust me i understand that but this is where knowledge is power and we want to empower you and advocate for you so that you know and you can get that early detection if needed or you do the screening do the right things because this is our best weapon against cancer at this time can you explain how chemotherapy works (laughs) Um, in a broad sense, I can. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a broad sense what chemo will do depending on the drug um because they're newer drugs so different chemotherapy drugs um uh, may target receptors on cells what they're trying to do is basically clear and kill the cells that are growing abnormally yeah Mm -hmm. And therefore we want, because we want those cells cleared out because those are the cells that are the cancer cells and therefore chemo operates in different ways, depending on the drug. So, but, but chemo, because some of the cancer cells are, they can appear as normal cells because they are normal cells that went out of control and lost part of their control. The rogue, the rogue cells as they call it. Exactly. So when you do chemo, you may affect normal cells as well. But it's but more and more the chemo drugs are are becoming um, more specific. There I say and targeting the, the the disease cells or the rogue cells. Um, so and then there's there's hormonal therapies as well, which is a form of chemo, which they will block the hormone receptors on the cells that are growing abnormally, so that they are not further um, um, motivated to grow and therefore help to stop they and produce their cell death or apoptosis. So it depends on the drug, it depends on the cancer, what what is happening. Uh, what do you think about doing, well, you know your history, uh, family history, you've had um, family members who've had breast cancer and other cancers. What do you think about doing the DNA testing um, part of it? And then, because I've heard of people doing DNA testing, seeing that there is the possibility that they will develop cancer later on and have done mastectomies, removal of yeah. the breast. What do you th- what do you think about that? So that really is a personal choice. I mean, genetic testing is is important um, in cases, especially with strong family history of cancer, because it alerts the, the the individual to your risk factors of certain cancers appearing. So that allows you to one be forewarned, be empowered to live a healthier lifestyle, to get your screening done regularly. And two, to be prepared. Now, in some cases, women make the decision if they have a certain gene and it's it's turned on and so forth to, to then have the double mastectomy or, or a hysterectomy with an oophorectomy, which means taking out your ovaries. But that really is a personal decision. I mean, the famous persons that did that would be Angelina Jolie and Patti LaBelle mm-hmm. uh, here of every October, right? Um, but other people have done it, and, and, and it's really a personal decision based on your genetics and how you feel and how you feel about losing your breast because a mm-hmm. double mastectomy is it's still part of you that you're cutting off when you, you do a mastectomy, and it's called prophylactic mastectomies. And then you have to decide when you reconstruct now um, how you feel because it's also based on um, sensation to that that, that reconstruction. Mm-hmm. what is changing and how you identify with your breast there i say you know as a as a woman so you do have to make that decision and it's a very personal decision all right and from that answer i can tell that um a heavy amount of uh, emphasis would be placed on therapy as in to express emotions uh, to work through those feelings because uh we've been given the idea and the the part of being a woman, you know, it's your breasts, the way you look, etc. So I know this is going to be heavy. Are there any resources or places that are, are recommended by the Trinidad and Tobago Cancer Society that women can attend? 
Yeah, well, we offer the counseling for for situations such as this, and we also can recommend other counselors as well. Um, and then you have, once there is a prophylactic mastectomy, if you decide on the reconstruction um, or not on the reconstruction, then there are other places that deal with post-mastectomy bras, depending on what you decided to do in terms of reconstruction. So there are definitely resources out there. Again, that's a very, very personal and, and very strong decision. Mm -hmm. And therefore, most women that make it, they, they, they do reconstruction, right? Mm -hmm. What's important to note is you can do a prophylactic mastectomy and you have to ensure that they've taken all the breast tissue out because if not, you still have breast tissue. Therefore, you have to have a certain amount of screening still. So it's important to understand that. That the possibility that you may or may not uh, have cancer is still there if they it's still there yeah if something was left and most times it ends up being accessory breast tissue which is under the armpit mm -hmm. and left there but it's important to have that discussion with your surgeon as well all right so dr leblanc we have one more minute i just have one more question for you what is the one constant message you hear within the stories of cancer survivors that you would like to impart on our listeners today listen to your body faith have a support system and always reach out and get informed, make your informed decisions with true information. So there's a lot on social media. October brings a lot out of the woodworks. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of information on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, all of them. And so I think important to bring that to your physician, trust in your physicians, you know, understand it and, and really don't be fearful and trust in your, your faith and your support system and, and know that you can overcome and you always have our support in the Trinidad Tobago Cancer Society. Thank you so much, Dr. LeBlanc, for spending time with us. I'll see you next week. You sure will. Have a good one. Thank have a great day. You. Same to you. you. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.